you know, I think everybody, I mean, I remember the days of walking down to the little pond in Pembroke Pines, Florida. Absolutely. Catching crappie and brim on. And lose sleep over it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, I remember my mom, I used to sit there and steal bread, and we'd go down there and make little <laughs> bread balls and, and throw it in the water and get the, get the brim going, and, 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 and you'd sit there and wear those things out, and that was like the greatest fishing memory you can go back to. That's the first memory I ever had. Yeah, it's uh it's, it's it's funny because, again, growing up in northeast Florida, I mean, you know, a, a lot of people here, – here's the interesting thing. When I go to Kansas deer hunting each year, when I get drawn for a tag, um, and, and, and you know, they always have a big get-together, and there's there's 30 or 40 guys there. And, I, and I've become really good friends with a lot of them over the last seven or eight years. There's only one thing they want to talk about, and it ain't deer hunting. They want to talk about bass fishing. You know, they, because, you know, what you, when you think about Florida, you know, you, you think, you know, big bass. I mean, we have that reputation. And, and when I was growing up, dude, that's, that's all I did was bass fish. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, well, I tell you, I, I, when I first, you know, I went to school up in Valdosta, Georgia, at Valdosta State. And, and after school, you know, I was excited. My parents had relocated to Jacksonville, um, while I was in college. Mm hmm. And so I'd come down and visit, you know, for weekends and vacation stuff. And uh, and then when I got out of school, I said, no, I'm going to move, you know, get to go back to Jacksonville. I can't wait to get back on the St. John's River and go catch some bass. Exactly. And, man, I'll tell you what, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. The St. John's River is hard, man. Because, I, you know, I, um, I, I was a golf course pond yep. guy, you know. And, yep. and, and, you know, literally when, when I was, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old on, on the bike, you know, I, I literally became real good friends with all the security guards and, and stuff like that. They knew who I was, you know, I mean, and, and they knew I wasn't going to get in anybody's way. And, hell, I was out there at 6 o'clock in the morning anyway when they were mowing greens and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, dude, the, the, the bass I used to catch, as a matter of fact, I mean, I started out just like everybody else with the with the, the Zebco, you know, 33 or the 808 or something. And, 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 and I just had to X all of that. Even when I was 10 years old, I mean, I, I literally saved my money. And, and bought an ambassador baitcast and reel because the fish that I, I was catching were so big yep. that, that they would just tear apart a push button, you know? Oh, yeah, and, and I think I think you know, bass fishing, because it, you, know, you can do it, like you just said, on a golf course pond. You know, in Valdosta, we used to fish these uh, basically irrigation ponds in the middle of the pond yeah. orchards. Yeah. And they were loaded, loaded with fish. Loaded with fish, yeah. I mean, we would take these little, uh, you know, little John boat, no motor, just a just a oh, yeah. motor. We didn't know what a motor was. So we'd yeah. slide that thing out of the back of the pickup truck, and we'd sit out there, and we'd just wear these fish out. Yeah. And uh, and, and like you said, I think because you can catch them anywhere. I mean, whether you're in Japan, California. Absolutely. You know, whether you're in Virginia, Texas, Florida, wherever, there, you know, there's a largemouth bass. Yes. And it's just an incredible fishery, and they're and it's so funny because you know we both fish a lot in salt water. Yes. And because it's right here in our backyard, and you know, and we can almost you can look at some redfish and go, these guys are going to eat or not. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. a bass, totally unpredictable. Yeah, totally unpredictable. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a yeah. lot. I have so much respect for the, the guys out there that that really know the bass fishery because it's so much more difficult than the saltwater stuff. I mean, you know, when the tide starts to move, yep, we're going to get a bite over here. Yep. Yep. Um, at least on most days. Most days, you know. But in the bass fishing side, you know, those fish are just different. No, we've had uh, we've had Hank Parker and Kevin Van Dam on, on this show, you know, mm -hmm. and, and and dude, those guys, that's where they came from. I mean, they, they made their living, you know, in the in the bass tournaments and stuff. But and, and and I had to ask both of them because when when I was growing up, 
I mean, the only thing I knew was Tom Mann worms. There was a three-pack of eight-inch black worms, and I had ten packs of those and some weedless hooks. And that's mm-hmm. all I ever fished with. I mean, yeah. I didn't fish with crankbaits, spinner baits, and the only thing I ever threw was was a plastic worm. Yeah. You know, and 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 I, so I, you know, I've, I've had that conversation with those two guys. They're like, look, the 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 go-to bait still to this day is is, is a plastic bait. Yeah, I mean. Uh- and, and, and that almost, you know, I hate to say this because I'm in the tackle business, yeah. but it's the same thing in saltwater. It's like, you know, I have 300 or 400 baits in my garage. Yeah. I mean, I have boxes and there's little plano boxes <laughs> stacked up. My wife thinks I'm on crack or something. Right. Because there's just, there's stuff everywhere. Look back at my Suburban, I probably have 50 baits in the back of my Suburban right now that are, haven't even been taken out of the package. Yet. Right. And, uh, but, you, but, you know, you fall back to those basics. I always tell people, I said, you know, when you get into fishing, no mm-hmm. matter what you're doing, especially bass fishing, I'm like, go throw a worm. Mm-hmm. Go throw a worm, go throw a worm, and throw it again. Yeah. And keep going back to it. And once you figure that out, once you understand how the different ways of Carolina rig and Texas rig and all these different ways of rigging a worm, then worry about expanding your yeah. tackle selection. Because, you know, I, I used to love it. And, and we're, we're just as bad because we're going to talk about some stuff today and people are going to go to the store and go, oh, I got to try this. Kevin yeah. Brian talked about it. Yeah. And, um, but I'm like, you know, people go and they buy like one of everything. Sure. And they throw it around and they, but they don't really concentrate on one little thing. You're right. And, um, absolutely. And, and the worm, of course, is, is universal. I've cut a lot of, I've cut a lot of nice redfish on them. Absolutely. And, well, you know, and, and, and I tell people this all the time because, um, when when I got started full time into guiding, which is which is sixteen sixteen years seventeen years now, um, they didn't make saltwater trolling motors. No. There, there there were you know there was there was a couple guys around here that that had flats boats with trolling motors, and that's not how we grew up. We grew up choking the anchor, putting a live mullet on, and 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 sitting there and you know going to the creek mouse and things like that. Well, so we started really, I mean, dude, I watched all the bass tournaments, and you know, Roland Martin and all these guys, you know, and, 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 you know, so started studying what they were doing. I'm going, you know, we could do the same thing that they're doing in saltwater, you know, get on the trolling motor, hit points, hit ledges, you know, edges of oyster bars, things like that, and stay on the trolling motor and find these fish. And, and that's what we did. And, and, and I mean, literally when I had the flats boat, uh, years and years ago, the, the the trolling motor that I had was 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 not made for for salt water. So every six months, I'd send that baby back because it had a year warranty and it looked like hell. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. But then they then then it became. I mean, look at it now. I mean, it, oh. it just that wasn't that really that wasn't that long ago. You don't see anybody inshore fishing anymore without a trolling motor. No, it's it's a standard piece of equipment. I mean, um, you know the old adage of you know like you said going pitching the anchor tossing three or four mullet heads yep, yeah. out there and setting them in the rod holder i mean don't get me wrong there's something to be said for that sure it, it's totally you know and there's a lot of people still that enjoy relaxing like, peaceful yep. relaxation of just throwing a bait over the side of the boat and sitting and waiting and and and, and they know you know hey the tide's going to change these fish are going to come around this corner <laughs> yeah, that's i'm right. waiting here in ambush and they're going to hopefully find one of my baits but the trolling motor has revolutionized fishing. Sure. I mean, the, you know, and you look at all, all the things that have spun off from that. You, know, you get power poles and talons and, and stickets and all these little anchors and stuff. 
you know, that's cha- it's changed the way people fish. It's it's absolutely changed the way people fish, you know, um, because and, – and, and I started when, when – <laughs> because I, I love the tarpon fish, you know, and so then I got to thinking, well, you know, all these bait pods – that we have on the beach, oh, yeah. you know, that, that, you know, you, you, you pull up there on the big motor and spook them and you spook the fish. I thought, you know, what if I go out there on the trolling motor and in Israel and people thought I was flipping crazy, you know, going out there on the flats boat and, and, and getting on the, and look at it now. I mean, it's just, yeah. it, it, it's like you said, that the trolling motor has changed the way we fish drastically. Well, and and if and you get back, you know, talking a little bit about bass fishing, yeah. there, I mean, you, you really look at, Everything that goes on in salt water, at least inshore, so yeah. especially, it all came out of bass fishing. Everything. You know, soft plastics. Yep. I mean, you walk into a, a tackle store today, I mean, it's it's dumbfounding the number of soft plastics that are out there. Every one of them has a little bit of little different twist to mm-hmm. it. You know, but you look at, you know, even the guys on the Pro Redfish Tour. I fished with uh, Travis and Brian Holman in the Keys last week. Right. And they're, they fished in the Redfish Cup and all this stuff. And I'm looking around their place down there in, in the Keys, and, and the place is loaded with all these BASS magazines. Yeah. And these guys are guides in Key West. Uh-huh. And they're studying what the bass guys are doing. Sure. To help them figure out where these bonefish, when they move off the flat and they fall off into deeper water, where do they stay? Where sure. Do they go? You know, it all comes back to it. Because these bass guys, and I had this conversation. It's funny. I had this conversation last night. You know, one of the first boats I fished with. Oh, well, here, let's wrap it up. We'll finish it up. Yeah, we'll break. finish. Uh, hold, hold on to that thought. Folks, you listen to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with Kevin Favor and Brian Dufek with Pure Fishing. And uh, when we come back, we'll let you know what Pure Fishing is, too, because uh, Brian represents a bunch of companies, and uh, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> we'll be right back with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. As a deer hunter, I think this happens to us all. You're sitting in your stand, and you catch a glimpse of a huge buck. It happens to be the same buck that fills your dreams and your trail cameras. When you saw him during bow season, he was just out of reach. During gun, he was chasing a doe and moving too fast. You've done everything possible to take this buck. You've moved stands, moved trail cameras. You've taken time off work you shouldn't have. You even missed your niece's wedding. This buck consumes your thoughts. As a matter of fact, there's times when your wife is talking to you, and even though you're looking right at her and shaking your head, you're thinking, man, I wish I had to move that stand on the creek bottom and not on that food plot. You hunt day after day, pass up deer after deer, and then it happens. The last day of deer season goes by, and you still have a tag in your pocket. During turkey season, you find his sheds, and your spirits soar. Starting about August, you put out your trail cameras. About two weeks into it, you finally get a picture of it. He is alive and still around. You look at that picture, and you say, game on. If this has ever happened to you, you need to be a part of Hunt Life. Visit HuntLife.com. Everybody here at the Hunt Life Outdoor Show loves Mossy Oak, and we know you do too. That's why we teamed up with Mossy Oak to give you a 15% discount in the Mossy Oak online store and gotten you a chance to win a Mossy Oak turkey vest. Visit HuntLife.com or Facebook.com slash HuntLife to find out how to earn that 15% discount and register to win. But do it soon. The giveaway and the discount both end on May 5th. Hunt Life and Mossy Oak, a perfect combination for you. There was the explosion, and I remember just opening my eyes, and it got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery, and what's going to happen next? The Wounded Warrior Project said, look, brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. 
I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit WoundedWarriorProject.org. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Folks, don't forget, uh, go to HuntLife.com, check it out. There's some, some cool buys on there. And uh, obviously, if you if you want to go back and listen to the shows, the podcasts are on there. It's good stuff. Now, I was sitting in with uh, with Brian Dufek this morning. Uh, Logaman and Captain Kirk are they're, uh, they're turkey hunting this morning, dogs. But you know what? I get next weekend off. So there you go. <laughs> you know, we, we, we were talking during the break and kind of, you know, continuing what you were talking about, Brian, that, that, you know, we, we, we obviously talked about, you know, how much trolling motors, you know, the, the bass fishermen, we, we kind of brought that into, into saltwater and, and you, you brought up something that was very interesting because when I grew up fishing with my dad, um, it was the little John boat and, and literally we had a 4.5. You know, a game fisher bought at Sears Roebuck. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, we would, we would go, you know, a, a couple miles, you know, up the intercoastal and it would take you an hour and a half to get there, to get to where, and, and we have a place folks here for, for all you around the nation that that's, 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 you know, everybody knows about it. it's called Pine Island and Pine Island to me was a dream. Yep. You know, if I could just make it to Pine, because you could see it in the distance, you know, if I could just make it to Pine Island someday, you know, and, and now, dude, we run around at, you know, 40, 50 miles an hour, we could cover some water. Oh, yeah, and, 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 the, and the classic part of it is is you don't always have to, you don't, <laughs> you don't have to do that. No, I you mean, don't. I, you know, I mean, Jeff Dry and I used to fish a lot of the local tournaments here. Yeah. Yeah, the Redfish yeah. Trout, Finder Tournament stuff, and we were pretty darn successful. Uh, Jeff was an excellent fisherman. I was privileged to fish with him. And we would literally, you know, they used to have the old shotgun starts where there'd be 150 boats sitting in the holding area, and the flare would go off, and everybody would go running around, and we would just sit there. Right. And we'd wait 15 minutes until all the boats were out of sight, and we'd go about 50 feet and start fishing. Sure. I mean, literally, we, we caught one of the biggest trout we ever caught in a tournament, literally 50 feet from the boat ramp. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the rocks, yeah. adjacent to the boat ramp. And we had to wait until everybody left because we didn't want anybody to know we were yeah. fishing. Yeah, you know, and it's sure. Like, and so it's, I always tell people, you know, and like you said, growing up when I first moved back to Jacksonville, uh, fished out of a little 14-foot stump knocker mm-hmm. with my buddy Chip. And, you know, it had a little 20-horse on it. And see, we just couldn't go anywhere. I right. Mean, I mean, you, know, the, you couldn't cross so the you, river. It was so rough. You learned. You learned. Yep. And, and the other thing, too, is you really – paid more attention to that little area that you were fishing mm-hmm. you learned every little subtle bottom contour yep you know at low tide you looked at okay well this is where the flat ends and there's a little one foot drop here and those fish lay right on that drop yeah and in these bridge pilings here as the tide falls or rises you would be in this area these docks would produce better at high or low tide and you knew every little intricate part of that area that mm-hmm. you were fishing um where now you know you pull into a spot cast 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 yeah and yep. you're gone it's like and I'm like, you know, I probably caught more fish out of that little stump knocker than I ever did out of a 20 foot ranger. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you because it's and 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 the interesting thing is is I I still go back to those spots that my dad and I fished when 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 I was five six seven years old, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. because like you said, I, I learned that. And then, you know, when I got old enough to, to, to do it myself, obviously I, I went back to where my dad had taken me all those years and, and, and I learned those areas so well to this day, running, running charters, I go back to those spots, you know, because it, and, and it hadn't changed, you know, yeah. little subtle changes mm-hmm. here and there, you know, I mean, the, 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 there, there may be sediment different here, but, but for the most part, the holes are the same. The oyster bars are the same. You know, the, the bends in the creeks are the same. Uh, you know, you, you, it's, it's, it's amazing what you can learn if you don't run all over the place. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, literally just, you know, I was fishing last week with Jimmy Donovan, and we went in a little creek, you know, down towards, you know, north of Guana there a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I hadn't been in this little creek in 10 years. Right. Maybe. You know, and we slid in there. The tide was incoming. And, you know, it's one of those places you, you got to have incoming water because it's shallow. And and I just, you know, I really cherished. I was like, you know, this is just these shell beds and, and just to see everything at low tide and watch the water come in and see the water moving around it. You can see where the – the tide, the tide is working, and how it comes around the bend, and you can see the deep holes, and you're like, you know, this is, you could really learn a lot by slowing down a little bit and taking a little extra time, yep. you know. And I think that, you know, with the onset of, of kayak fishing becoming so popular, sure, some of those guys have gotten really good because you can get in places with that kayak you can't get in a boat, and you're stealthily quiet. I mean, you can get right up and poke a fish with your fishing rod. Sure. You know, you don't even know they'd cast. That's a, that, that's a great point. And, boy, what a, again, what a boom that has been yep. in the last five or six years, you know? Well, it really has been, and it's a, it's a neat way to fish. I, I got a kayak for Christmas. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm, I'm, trying to get, I'm trying to learn that, you know. Right. You're used to going 50 miles an hour in a flats boat, and you're all of a sudden in a kayak. It changes your whole perspective. Sure. Well, where you could go, where you've got to <laughs> yeah. launch and everything yeah. else, you know, yeah. but um, – you know, get, get back a little bit to the to the bass fishing. When you know, we, you, you worked for a company called Pure Fishing. Yep. Um, t- tell folks, you know, who, who Pure Fishing represents. Well, Pure Fishing is a is a is a large organization. We're, we're basically the largest tackle company in the United States. Mm-hmm. And under the Pure Fishing umbrella, we own um, n- several major brands: Abu Garcia, Shakespeare, Penn. Sabio Lures, Mitchell Johnson, uh, All Star, Strand, Spiderwire, Berkeley, all of those companies. I'm sure I probably left one or two. Oh, about, sure. Uh, Hodgman, the waiter company. Yep, yep. Uh, we own and operate all those companies. So, uh, out of Spirit, uh, we have a factory in Spirit Lake, Iowa, where we manufacture all of our fishing line and all of our baits, like Power Bait and your, your Gulp products. Right. Um, and then our home office is in Columbia, South Carolina. And out of that building in, in Columbia is where the, everything, the, everything the, is run. And, and because I use a lot of those products, but there's – the product that you just mentioned is, I think, again, in, in, in our generation, the, the, the gulp baits have absolutely changed fishing. Absolutely, yeah. I you mean, know, I mean, when you started – you know, because remember the old – uh, stuff that we used to used to buy. Remember those frogs that you used to buy in those little jars, and they were soaked in something. You know, it was nasty. <laughs> I mean, it was. All, but if it if it was going to help me catch a fish, sure. You know, and but but wow, I mean, you know, the the, the Berkeley baits and stuff. I mean, they've taken it to a totally different level. Well, yeah, I mean, I and it's 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 unusual because I was in retail for 16 years before I mm-hmm. went to work for Pure, and I remember the Pure fishing rep. I mean, it's probably been 15 years ago telling me that, 
they had this scientist up in Spirit Lake that was working on this revolutionary bait to, that's going to change fishing. Right. And they, and of course, I got the same story year after year after year from this from the rep. Right. They're like, oh, this is coming, this is coming, this is coming. And you know, and, and I, I'll admit, I'm a fisherman, so yeah. I'm a skeptic. I'm a, I'm a skeptic. Sure, because you know, we, you know we, we, hey, look, we all bought the banjo minnow. We all, you know, you I mean, sure, you know, we all bought the helicopter lure, you know, because it, seriously, it was it was a great sales pitch. Yeah. You know? Well, I remember though. I remember the very first time that that the the pure fishing rep came into my retail store and handed me a pack of gulp shrimp. Mm-hmm. It's brand new stuff, and they had power bait, which power bait is a was a great product, still is, mm-hmm. and it's it's the, the difference between the gulp and the power bait. A lot of people don't know it. Uh, most all of your soft plastics are exactly that. They are they are a PVC based plastic. Mm-hmm. Gulp has no plastic in it. It's a biodegradable food material. Really? Yeah. I, I, it, I did not know that. And that's why when you look at gulp versus say uh, another soft plastic, a PVC based bait, the PVC you can make look a lot prettier. You can put eyeballs on it. You right. can all kind of stuff with PVC that you can't do with the gulp because of the medium that it's made of. Um, but anyway, I remember she gave me the first pack of these new revolutionary shrimp. You couldn't even buy them. Right. It was, a, it was a sample thing. And I went out to the jetties with my buddy Rick, and we're out there. And, and you know, Rick gets on the boat. He has, you know, four dozen of the most beautiful St. John's River shrimp you've ever seen. And we go out to the end of the rocks, and, you know, we're tooling around and waiting on the tide. And we're pitching around. We, I think we caught, like, one redfish or whatever. I put this shrimp on a three-eighths ounce jig head, and I drop it down there. Boom. There's a redfish. Boom, there's redfish. Boom, there's redfish. I think I caught five or six redfish and seven or eight casts. Right. And all and you're, and you're like, whoa. And my buddy is in the back of the boat with these beautiful hand-picked shrimp. Right. Cannot buy a bite. And I'm like, ooh. Wow. <laughs> whoa. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, this stuff works. Now, now, is there is there a big difference in, in, in a gulp bait compared from, and, and we've got one minute, and we'll, we'll talk about this, but. Is there a big difference in a, in a saltwater and a freshwater gulp? Pretty similar. Okay. Um, you'll see gulp in, in, in blue packages, which is the saltwater gulp. Okay. And you'll see gulp in a red package, which is okay. freshwater gulp. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, freshwater gulp, the red bag stuff, you can easily carry into saltwater. Okay. And it'll work very effectively. The We add some other stuff to the saltwater gulp that may or may not work as well in freshwater because we put some oils and some other stuff in there that – are, are more adaptable to the saltwater environment. Okay. Um, but the red bags, I use a lot of red bag gulp in saltwater. Because huh. there's some shapes and stuff from the bass side that I like in the salt. Which is, again, from, from, from the beginning of this show, mm-hmm. that's what we've talked about. It's amazing how many things we have taken from, from, from bass fishing. It all starts there, man. It, it does. It's, uh, it, it's amazing. But when we come back, we'll take a break. I, I want to talk about some specific baits. That you would use for, for for bass fishing. I mean, if you were if you were going to Texas tomorrow or or, or Oklahoma or, or wherever, you know, and, and you were going to bass fish, I want to know what, what kind of what kind of plastics you would use. You listen to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with Kevin Favor, Brian Dufek. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back after this break. After sweating it out all afternoon, I have finally accepted that no turkey of any kind lives within a mile of where I'm sitting. Time to pack it in. And just in time to get a text from Joe. He's wrapping it up, too, with tags filled. Ouch. 
But as I throw in the towel, it hits me. In just 30 minutes, I'll be back at camp. We'll all settle in, kick back, talk about the day, cheer our successes, and cheer our failures. Best thing is, we'll do it all with a spirit of friendship and fellowship. It's the fellowship of hunters everywhere, safely home from the hunt. Without a doubt, this is the hunt life. From turkey hunting to getting your food plots ready to early whitetail prep, when you're living the hunt life, there's no time like springtime. Springtime is also a great time to visit HuntLife.com. Get great tips and info in the Hunt Life community and stock up on brand new Hunt Life t-shirts and hats in our online store. Everybody here at the Hunt Life Outdoor Show loves Mossy Oak, and we know you do too. That's why we teamed up with Mossy Oak to give you a 15% discount in the Mossy Oak online store and gotten you a chance to win a Mossy Oak turkey vest. Visit HuntLife.com or Facebook.com slash HuntLife to find out how to earn that 15% discount and register to win. But do it soon. The giveaway and the discount both end on May 5th. Hunt Life and Mossy Oak, a perfect combination for you. Let fish and wildlife biologist Scotty Brown's 25 years of experience work for your property with Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management. They help landowners on developing and managing properties where recreational fishing and or hunting is the priority. Their lake management services include fish population sampling, electrofishing, water analysis, vegetation establishment or reduction, lake design or renovation, and long-term management strategies for your water body's future. Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management installs and repairs aeration systems, fountains, fish and game feeders, and their own design, Forever Tree Fish Attractors. They're experts in keeping small public water bodies and retention ponds in housing developments and golf courses working properly. So if you're looking to improve your property's aquatic resources, call Scotty Brown at Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management at 214-383-3223. That's 214-383-3223. I've been a member of the Federation for 18 years. The Federation stands for good stewardship of the resources and preserving our hunting heritage through those efforts, I want my kids to be able to enjoy the same privilege that I have. My father joined the Federation for me, and I've done the same for my children. Jakes, women in the outdoors, and wheeling sportsmen, they want to be the best conservation organization in the world. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show, and uh, we're, we're we're talking mostly fishing this morning here with with Brian Dufek, and and, and Brian, the reason that, that we're doing this is is simply for the fact that I I know we're in the middle of turkey season, but the middle of turkey season is is the best, and and I say middle of turkey season across the nation. Some some places haven't even opened. I I just hunted for two days with a very good friend of mine, Daryl Wilson, and and Daryl's from from Indianapolis. You know, he wanted to come down and, and kill an Osceola. Well, heck, their season doesn't even open till April 25th. Yeah, I mean, uh, tomorrow is opening day in South Carolina, which right. I will not be there for. Right, right. Unfortunately. You know, so, um, but, but you know, whenever we talk, whenever you think about turkey fishing, a turkey, a turkey hunting, you, you think about bass fishing, yeah. you know, I mean, because there's so many guys that, that uh, I mean, I, I, I would love to see the numbers of how many guys bass fish this time of year because it's got to be amazing, you know. Um, if you were, let's just say you were, you were taking the road trip, you and some buddies and y'all were going bass fishing and, and give me some, let's start off with, 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 with soft baits, with, with plastic baits. Where would you start? 
Well, you know, like we talked about earlier, the plastic worm yeah. can't be beat. You know, yeah. a seven-inch power worm, mm-hmm. hands down. You know, here in Florida, you know, green pumpkin, June bug, those colors are yep. always your classics. You can never go wrong. Red shad, black shad. You know, and, and I've always been a really basic fisherman. I, you know, it's 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 the kiss. I, I, Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, and I I spent some time in in a couple national retailers this spring doing some big events and stuff and seminars and and you and people will go and they, I mean, I've seen I've seen literally carts full of worms and baits and critter baits and you know tube baits. I mean, crawfish every baits. Crawl, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, and and I and I just. You know, being a fisherman, I just I, I haven't developed that skill of going. You know, this looks like a green pumpkin watermelon candy day. <laughs> no, yeah. Or, no, no. I, or I'm like black shad, red shad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and, and yeah. It, it's funny. I I took a gentleman fishing. He and his daughter uh, last week, and and it was it was funny because he he's he was an he's an offshore guy. Okay, yep. and when I say offshore, he loves to, to do the blue water stuff, mm-hmm. and and you know as well as that, dude, you're you're one of the best blue water fishermen that I know, and and dude, there's all kinds of stuff that you can drag. I mean, yep. it, it's it's endless. Okay, I fished with this guy and his daughter, and and she ended up catching 14 fish. Now, obviously, she's like 10 years old. She was counting every single one, mm-hmm. and, and and she just whooped her dad. I think he had six or seven, which he loved. You know, what I mean, yeah. but but he's like, you know, he. <laughs> We get back to the dock, and he said, um, all we used all day was a jig head and a shrimp, and that's it. That's all. And I said, dude, this is my tackle box, and I held up a, a Ziploc plastic bag of quarter-ounce jig heads. Yeah. This is this is it. And he, and he was just – he was stunned. You know, he thought – he said, man, I thought I was going to come out here, and you were going to open up this tackle box with all of this stuff in it. And if we weren't catching fish, you were going to switch it up. And he says, holy cow, all you did was throw a jig head with shrimp. All day. Yeah, I mean, and, and it can be done on that. Now, on the bass fishing side, mm-hmm. it is different. It because, is different. Because, you know, you're fishing, in, and I always equate the bass fishing. You're fishing pretty much in, a, in more of a closed environment, a lake, a reservoir. Yep. Uh, you know, the rivers, obviously, you definitely have a, you know, but a the tidal fish, flow. The fish, yeah. fish aren't yeah. going to move. You know, you're not going to catch a largemouth bass at the carrier basin. Right. In salt water. We're in big trouble. Right. Yeah. But, um, Anyway, but so you have these fish that you know live in a smaller environment. Their world is little yeah. compared to ours, yes, or the ocean, and um, and these fish go through the stages of you know pre-spawn, spawn, post-spawn, and these fish stage. You know they move up in the shallow waters and they make their beds and they go through that stage and then they move off and and they go into that post-spawn pattern, which is what we're looking at right now. The right. fish are com- coming off the beds here in Florida. And moving out off, you know, moving out a little ways. Mm-hmm. The water temperature is really perfect, like we talked about earlier. Yep. And so that's where you get into the different baits. You know, uh, you know that 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 early spawn stuff. You know, you're you're looking for stuff that you can pitch into those beds. Yep. And throw up into the grass and, and try to find those fish moving up in there. Yep. Um, and, and you know the BASS uh, Elite Tour was in Palatka what two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know they did a great job down there, and that, and that was mostly bed fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're pitching little baits up in the grass. And Sight fishing. Sight yep, fishing, yep. yeah. Now, those fish are starting to move off, you know, um, and they're starting to move out of the little deeper water as they come off those yeah. beds. They so, go that so, so, so that bait that you were pitching up there on that bed is not going to work out there in, in that deeper water. Yeah, yeah, you're going to change up. You're going to go from, say, a little pitch bait or a, a critter or a, 
like a craw fatty, like a havoc craw fatty, mm-hmm. um, or, or or a devil spear, you know, that, that was designed by Mike Agnelli. Um, those kind of little pitch baits, and those are great baits. They're they're typically small profile. Uh, they'll punch through the grass really easy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get out in the open water, you don't you can have a little bit bigger profile bait. You can go to a little different body shape. Oh, it's like like, like a crankbait or something yeah. something that, that was a, a hard a hard plastic. Yeah, bait. you can go to like a Sabeel, you can go right. to a stick shad or a magic swimmer or a crankster or something like that. Something that you can use out in that open water because you don't have to worry about being tangled up in the grass and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and so that's really where the baits change in the bass fishing side is where are the fish, what are they doing at that particular body of water at that particular time of the year. You know, and, and we're blessed here. I mean, when the fish go up on the beds, it's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, I mean, yeah. you know, we were, I was talking to my buddy Jimmy the other day, and there's this little retention pond around the corner from his house, kind of like we were talking about mm-hmm. as kids. Well, he go, he's going over there in the afternoon, and these these six- and seven-pound bass in this pond that's maybe an acre. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And nobody's fishing it. It's right off Roscoe Road mm-hmm. in Palm Valley. And mm-hmm. he's walking over there from his house and catching, you know, just pitching. He said, he said, he said, Brian, I caught the same bass six times yesterday. <laughs> yeah. He said, I'd catch it, release it. Yeah. She'd swim back up on the bed. I'd pitch something else in there, and boom, she'd eat it too. Yeah. He said, I caught the same fish. And he's been catching the same fish every day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really neat. Now, of course, those fish are going to move off the beds, and it's going to change a little bit. And that's going to change your technique, change your approach. Um and it really takes, and that's where these guys, these bass fishing guys, are so skilled. Yep. You know, I consider myself to be a good reader of the water in salt water, mm-hmm. especially offshore. You know, I I feel like I can go out there and I can look at the conditions. I can look at where I'm sure. at, the bottom contour, the depth, the temperature. And, 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 I, and, I, and, and you have to know when it's time to, hey, guys, we're going to pick up and we're going to run south 10 miles. Right. You know, um, where, and the bass fishing guys have to do that, too. They'll look at what's going on, and, and, and sometimes it's as simple as changing a color. Well, or <laughs> or in the morning, we're going to fish the west side of the lake yep. because that's the first side that's going to get sun. That water's going to warm up a little quicker. Yep. Those fish will be a little more active. In the afternoon, we might be on the east side of the lake where we still have that sun coming over there. But it's easier to see fish on the bed or what have you. Or, you know, you might not want the sun in your face so that your shadow doesn't cast across the bed that you're trying to fish. Right. So the fish doesn't. Un- so it, which know. which is which is totally different than 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 the way we work in in salt water. Absolutely. You know the the other thing um, that that we have taken from from bass fishing is throwing top water plugs. Oh yeah. I, I mean, you know, where really we didn't throw that many top water plugs years ago. You know, I mean, it, it for, for for trout and reds mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it's a mainstay in bass fishing, man. The Zara Spooks and you know all those those lures that and and really the only thing that they've done, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, is they just changed the hooks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know, just just put saltwater hooks on them. Yeah, I always tell people you, you you can take any freshwater bait and carry it into saltwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Folks, you're listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with Kevin Favor, Brian Dufek from Pure Fishing. We'll be right back after this break. As a hunter, we all know that perfect morning. You wake up early before the sun, you have a cup of coffee, grab some snacks, and start towards your stand. You have waited for this morning all year. The wind's perfect, the temperature's just right, and the bucks are in full rut. You sit in the dark, straining your ears for any little noise. The sun finally starts to filter through the trees, then it happens. A doe comes by you on a fast trot. You immediately clip your release to your bow because you know he is coming. You hear a loud grunt and see antlers. It's a buck, a big buck. 
you stand up trying not to concentrate on the antlers. Your hands are shaking. You can't control the trembling in your knees. You draw the bow back, praying the buck continues down the trail. But as big bucks do, he turns. Your heart sinks. You have a decent shot, but not one you're comfortable with. You decide to let him go. Even though you're disappointed, you can't help but think just how cool that was. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel. That's why they started Hunt Life, so we can share our outdoor experiences with each other. If you know this feeling, visit HuntLife.com, because Hunt Life knows it's all about the outdoor experience. Everybody here at the Hunt Life Outdoor Show loves Mossy Oak, and we know you do too. That's why we teamed up with Mossy Oak to give you a 15% discount in the Mossy Oak online store and gotten you a chance to win a Mossy Oak turkey vest. Visit HuntLife.com or Facebook.com slash HuntLife to find out how to earn that 15% discount and register to win. But do it soon. The giveaway and the discount both end on May 5th. Hunt Life and Mossy Oak, a perfect combination for you. We know the future of hunting depends on our nation's youth. But did you know that in many states, it's illegal for you to take your son or daughter hunting until the age of 12 or even older? As a result, we have fewer young hunters, and the Families of Field program is designed to eliminate those barriers. Hunting is safe, and the safest hunters of field are young people with adult mentors. Visit our website at familiesoffield.org to find out how you can bring more families afield. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show, and we continue with our own March Madness here. Boy, Chris, we, we have, we've had some, some great, great guests this month, brother. I mean, it's, it's, it's been, I mean, from, from. Stem to stern, man. You know, David Ridley with, with, uh, with Colt Firearms, uh, obviously Bill Winky. Uh, we've had David Halloran in here, and, uh, and, and, and to end it all, we've got Brian Dufek in here from, from Pure Fishing. And, and, and real quick, we kind of wrap this up. Brian, we got four minutes or so here. You know, the the, the one thing you know, we, we we talked about soft plastic for for, for bass fishing, and it, it, we were talking about this during the break. And the the top water fishing, you know, a, a, again, it just wasn't something that um, that that we did much of. We didn't really fish artificials in 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 salt water at all. I mean, it was all live bait fishing. You know, and and, and dude, you look at. The 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 because you fished on the redfish tour, you know, and it's all artificial. I mean, yeah. think about you know just the the top water and and the spinner bait. I mean, all the fish that we have caught over the years, and, and, and we were talking about this again, the, the 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 beetle spins, the rooster tails, and all that. And, and dude, you just take them into salt water and they do the same thing. Well, it's funny. I got into the business in 1991, a little place called Sports Unlimited, which was like a block from where we're sitting right now. Right, and. Um, and everybody came into that store, and they wanted an ambassador reel, uh-huh. a seven-foot rod, yep, a float cork, a little trout lead, yep, with a little swivel on the bottom, and a kale hook. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we sold. Sure. And you occasionally had a guy come in and buy a 52M mirror lure mm-hmm. or a DOA shrimp. Yep. And I got to give Mark Nichols credit. He probably started. I mean, the art his artificial Absolute, shrimp. The terrorized. Yeah, the, that, yeah, that was like the first artificial shrimp that there ever was that I know of, anyway, at least in my lifetime. Um, and now, you know, you walk down the aisles of, of uh, you know your tackle stores, and it's all hard baits, soft baits, you know, hybrid baits. It's almost confusing. Yeah, it, it can it's like be. you said. You pick a bait. 
learn to use it, and 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 then go from there. Well, and also, you know, like you said it, and and, and people used to come in and say, Brian, I just bought a boat. I'm getting into saltwater fishing. What do I do? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you can go out. And I used to tell people, I said, you can go out. You can go out with a float cork. Mm-hmm. You can go out with a jig and a shrimp, just like you talked about, and mm-hmm. you'll be successful. I said, but if you really want to have some fun, not that that's not fun. Yeah. Catching oh, yeah. fish is fun no matter how it happens. Right. But go get you. Here's two top water baits. Here's two suspending stick baits. Mm-hmm. Here's a sinking, a sinking hard bait. Mm-hmm. And here's some jig heads and some grubs. And what you've done there is you've covered the whole water column. Top, yep. suspension, middle, or deep. You know, you yep. can let those baits sink and then retrieve. And then you get your jigs that you can bounce along the bottom. And I said, you know, and, and I said, some days that top water bite, it'd just be on fire. Yeah. Oh. And when it's going off, dude, there's nothing better. No. I mean, when, you, when you're throwing that spook or a stick shad or something like that, and those fish are hitting that on the surface. Catching a five-pound trout on a topwater plug may be one of the most exciting things you will you will ever do as compared to, to, to bass fishing. Well, I can tell you, I never caught a seven- or eight-pound trout on a bait until I went to throw in topwater. Never. I, 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 did, a, I did a live mullet. Yeah. You know, because the big, big live bullet. Folks, thanks for joining us for the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Brian, huge thanks. Brian Dufek from, from Pure Fishing. And uh, don't don't forget, I, I hate to tell you this. It's bad news, but I won't be here next weekend. I will be in the turkey woods. So it will be Jeff Logan and Kirk Waltz, and they'll handle the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Come and join us, huntlife.com. Talk to you next weekend. Thank you for listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Be sure to check out the very latest in the Hunt Life by logging on to HuntLife.com. The Hunt Life Outdoor Show is a product of Hunt Life Productions. Copyright 2012.